So we're continuing with the teaching of grace reigns through righteousness. The integrity part of it. And this morning I'm going to speak about a topic. The Holy Spirit works with the word. The Holy Spirit works with the word. Now before we delve into this study this morning, uh, there are people sitting here that has been journeying with God for many, many years. For forever. I myself has been journeying with God for the last 30 years. My, you have been saved forever. Auntie Vet, my parents, since Julene was not Julene, they served God. Now we've been in church for all our lives and we find that we have been developed by the seniors and the elders and the pastors over all these many years. And we were taught certain things. And when it comes to the Holy Spirit, I'm going to speak about how I was framed in my journey. When I got saved, accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, the next step was for us to be baptized. After we were baptized, or even before we were baptized, they prayed for us for the infilling of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And listen, when that happened, we were like, we have arrived when the tongues came. And we were then told to build yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. And we did that like good obedient sons do. We did as our pastors told us. And they told us that if you want to grow in God, you have to follow these lines and the the way that we explain it to you. And I remember firmly that the Holy Spirit was given to us and we thought the Holy Spirit was given to us to make us look powerful, sound powerful, be powerful. Whenever we're in church and we function, that we are powerful. That's the mindset that was, I don't know about you, but where I come from, that was the situation. In other words, we were filled with the Holy Spirit for function. That was what was given to us. And we chased hard after this, because after we started speaking in tongues, and we could go for hours speaking in tongues, and then we were told, and we were taught now how to prophesy. And so we started functioning in the gifts of prophecy. And the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge and discerning of spirits. And we became very affluent and effective in functioning. And you know what, family? Sometimes we even functioned when we were riddled with sin and stains and levels of hypocrisy inside of me. But the gracious God that we served allowed us even to function with all that niggy niggies inside of us. And we thought it's cool. We are filled with the Holy Ghost for functioning. And sometimes when there's a huge crusade and like me sang for a gospel group for 12 years, we called on the name of the Lord not for the sake of anything but to function effectively. This morning I want to speak to us that the Holy Spirit was never given for us for that purpose. The Holy Spirit was never given for us to shine bright like a diamond. The Holy Spirit was never given to us to to be the best singers. God was never about that. 
And we will find out as we journey in this study that the Holy Spirit was given for another reason. But for when, like for example, I have to preach this morning. So now I'm just going to call on the Holy Spirit to make me look good. To make the word powerful. To make you understand and after the service you will do this. Wrong. That's not why God has filled us with the Holy Ghost. God has filled us with the Holy Ghost for a different reason. And sometimes, you know what? The soulish part in me wants to go back to those days where we laid hands and they were slain. And we called it the doings of the Holy Ghost. Yes, there was a time and a season for that. And you know what, family? Everything has its time. Everything has its season. And when the cloud moves... You have to move with the cloud. So I've said all that to bring us to this place where we'll discuss the Holy Spirit in debt. And I might just lay one layer to this. And Pastor Randolph will come and do much more in terms of this word. The Holy Spirit is more than just goosebumps. And feeling good. And feeling nice about the service. The Holy Spirit is so much more than just Having that moment where tears runs down your eyes. Those things are right. Those things are proper. But God the Holy Ghost is far more than thrills and thrills and external manifestations. So in, in years past, we tapped into the Holy Spirit to make me function well. To make me function better. In this season, the Holy Spirit has been given to us to build on the inside of you and I a better son. That is why the Holy Spirit was given to you. And so Luke, let's go to Luke chapter 3, verse 21. Let's read the scripture, verse 21 and 2. When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized, and while he prayed, the heavens, or the heaven was opened. And the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him, and a voice came from the heavens which said, You are my beloved Son, in you I am well pleased. When the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus, it was not, You are my beloved Son, keyboard player. With you, I will do great and mighty exploits. It was not for function. It was to emphasize and announce a concept called sonship. You are my beloved son, and in you, I am well pleased. God did not affirm Jesus about accolades and stuff and achievements and things that he can validate him about. It was never about how much finances Jesus had in his pocket. It was never about the status he has in his place of work. When the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus during his baptism, Father God says, Sonship is what I want to proclaim to the nations of the earth. So the voice came through the heavens, broke through the clouds, saying, this is my beloved Son in whom I... And this is what God wants to shout to the nations of the earth. When you walk into an environment, there must be an echo coming from the heavens. This is my beloved son. Hear him. 
The heavens wants to proclaim that we are not orphans. When he says, this is my beloved son, he means this man here has got a father. And when you walk the face of this planet, this is what God wants to say about you. This is my beloved son. This is my beloved son. That is my beloved son. And in our sonship, we will display the very face and the, the, the very nature of deity. This is what God wants to emphasize. Before I function as a preacher, before I function as an elder, before I function as a, as a guitarist or a drummer or any role that I play in church, God wants to announce, you are my son first. The other things will flow from that sonship. The other glorious things that we do will flow from that sonship. And the Holy Spirit descended on Jesus, wanting to show to us that deity was right there the day he was baptized. The Bible says, Jesus went into the water. The water, Jesus is the personification of the word. The Holy Spirit himself came and responded to that word. Word went into the waters. The Holy Spirit descended upon word. And he came and he validated the sonship that we so much need to desire. Now God comes and asks you and I, can you bow that low? Can you humble yourself that much? Because remember the man that went into the water is actually a king. But he took off that garment and became you and I, so that he can show you and I that in my humility, I have the highest accolade from my father. I'm his son. And if we take on that position, I promise you the heavens are about to open. Wherever you go, whether it's at the new building, whether it's at your workplace, whether it's at your amongst family, take on the position of I'm a son of God. And not from a proud platform, but from a platform of deep humility. Like Jesus, I'm a son of God. And he descended upon him to validate that sonship. Our sonship needs to be upgraded. Our sonship needs to go to a place where they'll say, Randall's mighty men. Randall's mighty women who stands by night in the, in the house of the Lord, who knows prayer, who knows intercession, who knows how to lay down their lives, who knows how to close the door and go behind the door and say, Father God, when it comes to the sons of Durban Gate, Durban Central, hear the cry of my heart. Each and every one of us needs to take on that position. Amen. So the first thing that God wants to validate when he filled us with the Holy Spirit was actually to make you a son. Amen. Genesis chapter 1. Let's go to the principle of first mention. Genesis 1 verse 2. The earth was without form and void. And darkness was on the face of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. This morning. Jules even said this during worship. Any area that is without form. That is void. Void means nothing. Darkness. Every area in your life and my life that is covered in those things, the Holy Spirit wants to hover over it. And when he does, he wants to come 
and remove the formlessness and the void and the darkness and replace it with lushness and freshness and productivity and fruitfulness when the Holy Spirit comes and hover over that. The Bible says there was darkness over the over the waters. The waters is the deep. The deep is Father God. Deep referring to Father God. The Bible says deep cries unto deep. The waters is referring to the Word. And then the Holy Spirit. There are three Godhead people were there. The Godhead was there when creation was made. The entire Godhead wants to come to you and deal with that in your life which is void, which is dark, which is formless, which needs restoration. And I want us to just in our minds remember, let him. Allow the Spirit to do that. Let him do that. So how, how, how does God really want to come and, and bring restoration to my, my bad areas? He wants to say to us, prioritize the word. Give preeminence to the word. When I see the word, the Holy Spirit will come and hover over that word. And then I will brood over that word. And then I will come and bring vindication and redemption. When I see that you have taken the word and made it uh, your landscape. The formlessness and the void and the darkness in my life can live again. It can live again. And the methodology is the word, my compliance, and the Holy Spirit. And as we do this, I promise you, family, that God will not let us stay the same. You will not remain the same. You will not go through your stuff year after year because as you continue to trust in the word, trust the Holy Ghost, God will in his faithfulness bring about the change. David says in the Psalms, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. David knew a key that as long as I have the word with all my flaws and my stuff, I can just ask God to please hover over the word that I hold on to and redeem the wrong in my life. Cleanse me from all my unrighteousness and give me a second chance. David knew this. Amen. Romans 8 verse 14. It says, For many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Sons of God are people who are led by the Spirit of God. There's another version that says, for many who are being led, it's a present continuous process. Not just being led for today's message, but being led every day, every moment of every day. And those people, God calls them the sons of God. So I ask myself, Quinn, who's leading you? You can ask yourself, who's leading your life? Who is in charge? And we have to bring back the Holy Spirit to his rightful place. For too long we have given the control over to ourselves. And now I ask myself, you've been in control for so long. How far did your control get you? You're still in a mess. Why? Because you're in control. I'm in control. And as long as I'm in control, I will never do it like Jesus does it. 
I will never do it like the Father and the Holy Ghost does it. So now I say to us, let's relinquish control, give the Holy Spirit charge, and let him fix my formlessness and that which is dark in my life. The Holy Spirit says he leads us and then we are sons of God. So if I behave in a mindset of orphan, if I behave in a mindset of vagabond, the Holy Spirit has a way of saying, I'll wait for you. I will wait for you to come to the understanding that I want you to be a son. And now the Holy Spirit wants to lead us. And he says, will you give me a chance? Will you give me a chance to lead? Because you've been leading for so long and it really hasn't got you very far. So let's me lead. And the landing strip where he wants to come and land on is called the word of God. As I abide in the word, saturate myself in the word, uh, fill myself with the word, the Holy Spirit is attracted to that. And he comes and he will lead and he will show you of things to come and he will help you. And you will be effective when even you have not done much. I see this at my place of work. While other people have piles of marking and they're complaining about you, it's so much, when I'm going to get through it, I realize, ah, I got the same, but mine's done in two days. It's nothing about dedication. It's the help from the helper that allows me to be effective. So before I am gifted at being a teacher, I've got the Holy Spirit to grace me and gift me and validate me for that purpose. Amen. So who leads you this morning? Who's the leader of your life? I want us to say, let him lead us. Let him lead us. I'm going to read a portion in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. Galatians 5, verse 16. Just follow with me. It says, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to to one another so that you do not do the things you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident which are Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murder. It's a hell of a lot of a mess. (laughs) To be in the flesh, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I, and the like means there's others that I, it's too much, I can't, I can't. And the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in times past, that those who practice, because there's a, people practice, who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Verse, carry on. But, it's going to give us the flip side of the coin. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, Gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also 
walk in the spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Amen. Now that's not a very new passage of scripture. We've come a long way with the fruits of the spirit. I want to say to us this morning, it starts off in verse 16 by, let us not walk. Our walk is important. God is interested in how we walk this gospel out. How we flesh it out day by day. The Holy Spirit wants to be involved in our walk. And it's got nothing to do with the physical walk. The spiritual walk in which we, the Holy Spirit wants to bring clarity and, 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 and wholeness to that area. When I walk the face of the earth, the planet, it must be said there's a sun walking there. Amen. And the walk is not only measured in church. It's easy to look holy in church. It's easy to look blameless and, and, and in this environment. But what's the state of affairs when we're not under this anointing and under the presence of the Holy Ghost? What are being said about you out there and about me out there? The scripture also spoke about being led, indicates that the Holy Spirit don't want to lead you only today. He wants to lead you every single day of every single moment. And the Holy Spirit distances himself from those people who give themselves over to the deeds of the flesh. He says, I can't. I can't involve myself with this. And so when I look at my own life, and Andy looks at his own life, he knows where to look at the dark spots that needs the hovering. And he knows where he's doing well. And we have to put our own lives on the balance scale and see, Lord, please help me. Uh, I know. And you know, sometimes you don't have to tell me about your wrong. I've got my own. It's between you and the Holy Ghost, you and Father God. Just deal with you and your stuff, me. I'll deal with mine. And we take it to the Holy Spirit and say, please hover over this. It's dark. It's void. It's formless. It has no glory. Amen. And so the Holy Spirit will distance himself from that which is not him. The Holy Spirit will distance himself from that which is not truth. Which is because he is the spirit of truth. And if I live in a place of not truth, he says, I'll wait for you. But I can't come. I can't come and hover over that which is not my nature. That which is not my character. That which is contrary to my father's belief system. So then he says to us, but rather choose the fruit of the spirit. That's a position, a Christ-like position. Now when we were told about the fruit of the spirit and I got saved, I thought they'd tell me how to have a different character. The, Holy Sp the fruit of the spirit that is not only about good character trademarks. The fruit of the Spirit is God looking at you, seeing the fruit of the Spirit, and then he sees sonship. And he's drawn to that. And he sees the DNA of his father, and he's drawn to that. And he sees that this person has covered and clothed himself with that which is my nature, and then he is attracted to that, and he wants to hover over that person and be a father and a, and a, and a confidant to that person. So I then have to choose. I choose to either miss the mark, and then the Holy Spirit says, I can't. Can't deal with that. Or I choose to live a Christ position, and then he says, 
I see my father's DNA and there is where I will come and I will hover and make my abode. The Holy Spirit cannot, cannot involve himself in the deeds of the flesh. He takes a back seat. He vacates the premises. He steps away from my life and he says, I'll wait for you. But I really want to fix it. I want to fix it for you. But I have to decide for myself. Can I go to the Holy Spirit and say, you know, it's, it's so easy. Go into your room, close the door, fall on your knees and say, God, if there's one person that knows me best, it's you. You know my good and my bad side. You know I'm struggling with A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K. Some of you L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S. However, however, in your sincere posture by your bedside, the Holy Spirit, in His loving kindness, will come and hover and redeem and repair and restore and make new again. So I say, let's make our lives conducive for the Holy Spirit to come and brood over, to come in, make us new again. The Bible says in Galatians 5, 25, if we live by the Spirit, we will walk by the Spirit. The opposite is true. If I live by the deeds of flesh, I will walk by the deeds of flesh. And we know the outcome of that. The role of the Holy Spirit is not to make us look powerful but to build in you and I the face of the heavens, the face of our Father, the face of God, to build in you and I the DNA and the legacy of a Godhead. That is why we have the Holy Spirit. And so, Carla, when we press the wrong keys and the wrong, and the song is now not started, starting right, it's cool. You know why? You are more than just the keys. You are a son of God that carries the DNA. That is more important to the Holy Spirit than how skilled Carla was and how not skilled Carla was. Is that okay? You all understand that? The Holy Spirit is more interested in how can I shape my character, my very nature, the face and likeness of the Godhead. How can I bring that to pass in, 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 in my sons? And the other things will flow from that accurate position. Let's continue. Acts 18 verse 11. Acts chapter 18 verse 11. And he continued there, this is Paul, a year and six months teaching the word of God among them. Paul went and he preached for a year and six months, saying to you and I, and the Bible says, and the spirit and the power of God was with him. So when he preached for a year and six months, six months, he made those people's spirits conducive for the landing of the Holy Ghost, for the hovering of the Holy Ghost. So what are we learning from this portion of scripture? It's the word first, people. It's the word first. Do you, I realize more and more why Randolph now wants us to read the book of John daily. He wants to build in us a landing strip where the word can become prevalent and then the Holy Spirit can come and hover over our lives. He doesn't want people who place all the right keys all the time. He wants people who have the sonship and a heart after God, who loves the word more than loving 
to function. Function has its place. But can our functioning come from a place of sonship? Can our functioning come from a place of God is hovering over my life? And so Paul's devotion to teaching the word says to us, more word equals more spirit accompaniment. I've said previously, it's not a feel-good thing. It's not a feel-good thing. The church must prioritize the word. If I prioritize singing more than the word, God has an issue with that. Singing, and that I love singing, but it's not as important as the word for, for what God is saying to us this morning. I have to put the word first on my list of priorities because there's a synchronized, harmonious working between the word of God and the Holy Spirit coming to hover over that word of God. Signs, wonders, and miracles will flow when the word of God is released. The word of God, the word of God, first the word of God. Now I say to you and I family, A very small appetite for the word of God equals a very small influence coming from the Holy Spirit. Little effort from the, from engaging the word. Do I sound like Randolph right now? Isn't that the song and the lament he's singing to us daily? More word brings more spirit. And the things that we trust God for will fall in place. Will fall in place. Let's eat the word. Let's eat it daily. And if you love food the way I love food and my whole family loves food, uh, let's also bring the same level of appetite to the spiritual thing, the word. Amen. And God's gracious dealings will be with us. Let's go to a scripture, Luke 5, 17. Luke. Luke chapter 5, verse 17. Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. First he was teaching and then there was the power and the presence of the Lord to heal them. Our mentality about why we have the Holy Spirit needs to be tweaked, needs to have an adjustment. It's not first for function, but it is first for you and I to be better sons. So the Holy Spirit is there to create within us a person that walks the face of the earth and people will automatically say stuff like this. You're so different. Yes. Got the sonship DNA of God in me. You're so different. And somehow you find people giving you a level of respect that you didn't ask for. But you carry the face of God. You carry the DNA of God. And that is what somehow sets you apart. And you have people responding to you in a different way. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of with the still small voice. He's not in the lightning and in the fire. He's not in the thunder. He's the God of the still small voice. And sometimes do you want dramatics and drama? 
And then we call it the move of the Holy Ghost. He's not in all that. He's also in that close the door and speak to him. The still, small voice. That's the Holy Spirit who can redeem you of anything without the dramatics. The word coming forth this morning comes from a place of love. Comes to deliver and set us free. And the same word that is working in this church is the same word working in another church. The methodology might be different, but it's the same word. God's word cannot be exhausted. What's happening in another church, I cannot judge it negatively. The word of God will have its way. In this church, the word of God will have its way. And the Holy Spirit cannot be intimidated or be placed in a box and say, you're supposed to function like this. No, no, no. Let's not tell God how to function. Let's just obey. Let's just be sons. He cannot be told, sing softer, sing louder. Run around, fall down. He cannot be told. If we do it, if we don't do it, it doesn't mean we're inaccurate and the church down the road is accurate. Or they inaccurate and we, it's not about that. The Holy Spirit wants to individually build God inside of you. And all the other stuff that we fuss about, why they do this and why don't we do that, and why they do that and we don't do this, irrelevant. The Holy Ghost wants to birth the face of deity inside of you and I. He wants to build strong, mature, you are sons. He wants to build his image and his likeness. He wants to foster an exactness of who he is on the inside of you. He wants to call us the new Jerusalem, the Zion, his very own people. Now the Bible says in Isaiah 10 verse 27, the latter part, the anointing destroys the yoke. And we thought the Holy Spirit was only there so that our burdens and our, uh, our, our failures and our, our demons can flee. But we are yoked when we are not sons. We are yoked like oxen who has to plow a field. You put a yoke on both of them and they can only walk straight. And they will have to walk together. They cannot walk out of step. And as long as they are strapped in, to plow this field. That's all they can do. But the, the anointing, the presence, the Spirit of God wants to take off the straps and the shackles and the constrainment. He wants to take it off and bring us to a place of freedom and to carve upon our hearts the face of God. The Holy Spirit comes to us for purpose and with a purpose. Not to make our gatherings powerful because they are only powerful when we are good sons. But the Holy Spirit wants to deal with us as people. He wants to deal with us as people. The Holy Spirit wants to remove the yoke from my neck and make me a son. The Holy Spirit wants to come and give me freedom and allow me to express my love for God. The Holy Spirit is interested in you more than my showmanship. Let me make that statement again. The Holy Spirit is more interested in you than, my sh than your showmanship than your gift. It's more interested in how can I make you look like my father more than how powerful can you play? How powerful can you sing? How powerful can you do this? How powerful can... 
the Holy Spirit is more interested. Can I make my father come alive in you? Okay? Isaiah 58 verse 6. Isaiah 58 verse 6. Is this not the fast that I've chosen? To lose the bonds of wickedness. To undo the heavy burdens. To let the oppressed go free. And that you break every yoke. There has to come a place in my life where I untie. And I break off every yoke. So that I can go free. But my yoke cannot be taken off. Unless they start with the straps. That's holding us in this yoke together. You cannot be broken. The yoke cannot be broken unless the straps is untied. So let's untie ourselves from the clutter. And then the yoke can be removed. And then the Holy Spirit can set us free. The Holy Spirit is interested in people more than their skills. And I've come to learn from this word that The Holy Spirit's methodology is the Word of God. The Word of God. There's no other way out. The Word of God. I tell the grade 12s that I teach, do you want to pass? Do you want to pass well? Let me give you the key. It's called success. Success is spelled W-O-R-K. Success. W-O-R-K. That's their key to pass this matric exam that they are busy with. Your key to your sonship is the word. Nothing else. Nothing else. The word. The Holy Spirit will respond to your word. And I ask us this morning, family, to give the Holy Spirit permission. Give him full authority to deal with our darkness. Deal with those things that are formless, that are void, that has no comeliness. The Holy Spirit can heal all our flaws And birth within us exactness. The Holy Spirit can convict me of my error, my backsliding, my wrong, my sin. Whether my stuff is big or small, the Holy Spirit can lighten up that place for us. And when he puts his spotlight on it, you and I are supposed to say, remove it. Help me. Help me to to be cleared from these things. No word is a backsliding position. You're not in God. You did say yes once upon a time. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. You're filled with the Holy Ghost, but you're going through the motions, in and out. God comes and he says, careful of a backsliding position. Be very careful. All our wrong can be made right. Everything that is not okay can live again. As long as we ask through the word. In conclusion, the word of God says, I will not grieve the Holy Spirit. And you can make your own Bible study about grieving the Holy Spirit. It's found in Ephesians 4 verse 30 to 32. We're not going to read it. I will not grieve the Holy Spirit. Grieve the Holy Spirit means I want to afflict on him sorrow. I want to make him sad. That's grieving the Holy Spirit. I want to make the Holy Spirit sad. And when the Holy Spirit is sad and grieved, he has a way of saying, let me just wait 
but you're hurting me now. I will not quench the Holy Spirit according to 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 12 to 21. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 12 to 21. Quench means, you know when you make a braai, Evie, and we finish all the meat, it's braid now, you're going to go chow now, then the coals are still hot. You can still put a lot more meat because we make a hellfire when we start braai. Then you take water and you quench in other words, you take away the voice of the Spirit. You take away the, the power of the Spirit that wants to do things for you. I will not grieve the Holy Spirit. I will not quench the Holy Spirit because I need the Holy Spirit's intervention in my life. I don't have to remain the same year in and year out because He is my help. The Holy Spirit will make me a better son. Better sons will gather every Sunday. We will have better coming together. There will be a better sense of God's dealings in the church when from our better position we function then. And it's done by the Holy Ghost. It's not by might. It's not by power. But it's by the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. So this morning, let us look at the Holy Spirit from this vantage point. Not to make me look glamorous and make me look good. And make me function well. But rather, the Holy Spirit wants to be with me every single day. And sort out my darkness, my void, and my formlessness. And make me a better son. And say to the nations of the earth, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Amen. Amen. Just close your eyes. Father, your word... It's powerful. Your word is true. Your word is yes and amen. And you are attracted, Holy Spirit, to the word. I know as we sit here, God, that your spirit is here. We will leave, we will mull over these things, and we will become better sons. We will become the image and likeness of our God. Every day, Father, you will take away the dross. And replace it with glory. You will take away that which is formless and void and dark. And replace it with light. And you will cause us, Father, to shine for your glory. Wherever we go, as we leave this venue, we want to leave with the presence of the Lord. Moses says, if your presence does not go with me, take us not from here. And so this morning, we want to leave with the emphasized glory and presence of the Lord upon our lives. Father, thank you that each and every one of us will search our hearts and allow the Holy Spirit to search our hearts and then come and hover over that which needs healing. So I bless you and thank you that your word will never return void. The fruit and the outcome of this word will be seen will be heard, will be testified of. So I bless the household of faith. And I thank you, Father, that our coming together was never in vain. We've heard your voice. We've heard your tugging at our spirits. And that is to become better sons. And from our better sonship will flow the other things. Hallelujah. Let's all stand in the house of the Lord.
Can someone raise a hand to the Lord in surrender? Holy Spirit, here I am. Undone. Not well put together. But I need you. I need you to hover over my life. Holy Spirit, sir, I understand that you want to build in me a son and not make me look glamorous. We take on the nature of Jesus. We bow low. We humble ourselves. And we walk into that Jordan knowing that the voice of God will be amplified over our lives. We speak a blessing over the whole house this morning, God. Our transition will be that of power and of the doing of the Holy Ghost. Our movement from here will be that of sons are infiltrating another space. And so, God, I bless the house. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Amen.